Alrighty. Welcome back to David and Aaron Save the World. Yes, welcome. So to avoid what happened last time on the show, Mm -hmm. where we basically rambled for 45 minutes straight about emojis, I'll be starting the follow-up this time. (laughs) (laughs) You see see what he does, listeners? He He just makes sure that he starts it. So that I don't get to ramble for forty five minutes. I just, I just, it's just—he's a good co-host. Don't worry, he's a good co-host. You'll, you'll get to, you'll get to eventually. <laughs> but I just want to make sure we get to some other stuff first <laughs> before we get to that. We—I do have an updated version of the emojis I want to present to you. Okay, uh, okay, we'll get there. We'll get. I'm there. looking forward to it. I will have to update mine soon, and we will compare notes again. All right, so, so what you got for first me? item of follow up for you? You'll recall our discussion about the lion sneak of custard, right? As you so eloquently presented it. Yes, yes, yeah. The lion sneak. Yes, that lion sneaking custard, <laughs> and yes, I do recall. And hopefully the listeners recall, unless they just stop the podcast after the emojis because they couldn't get through it. <laughs> I wouldn't blame them um, if you're missing that information. Uh, the short version is that Custard's a dirty, rotten, sneaking liar. So, just that's all you need to know, I think, going forward. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> no other context needed. No, no, no. Um, but we were discussing recipe websites, and you actually mentioned it in the podcast, mm-hmm. but somehow it, it went past me while you we were talking. Okay. And my wife had to point it out that when you're on those cooking websites, yeah. A lot of them have the jump to recipe buttons on the top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had been looking at recipes for probably a year no, now. Dave, no, David. No, David. <laughs> no. I had seen that button before. <laughs> That's not. Oh, no, David. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's around. So Sometimes I, I, it's hidden, but it's around. It, it's not the easiest thing to spot in my, right, in my mm-hmm, defense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but they shouldn't have to have a jump to recipe button. Exactly. <laughs> That's my complaint. Right. I, mean, it's... I like that they have it, but it's kind of like a self-imposed problem, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. If you didn't have the soliloquy of all your experience with this <laughs> recipe for 10 paragraphs before, yeah, you wouldn't need the stupid jump to recipe button. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Put the content that people want first. Put that front and center because if you don't, they're just going to go scroll down to find it. They're not going to read what you wrote. Exactly. So I guess I just want to know, is like, does anyone actually read those paragraphs? I, I want to meet one human being that takes the time to go through the whole story for any recipe of what it was right. like to eat right. it and all that stuff. Right, right. Not just like once, because I've read one, one or two well i've read parts of one or two but like do they read it every time do they go through every time to read it i would also like to know this well and just just imagine a world where those don't exist is any useful information lost if every cooking website (laughs) just started with the recipe at the top i i just don't understand what the, the the need is for this information i also i also don't know I, I i mean i mean sometimes okay okay i'll give them this i'll give them this one thing one time one time one time i was really <laughs> stressed about making a, a cake 
And so I was doing a lot of research on how to make a cake. And one of the articles had some helpful, like, tells to tell you when the stuff was done and when it was when you needed to do different things. And they were in that dialogue. But hmm. but that's that's not acceptable, okay, because a lot of recipes will have a note section at the end. Right. With the notes of that those pieces should be spliced out and put into the recipe as notes to be like, hey, if it does this, do that. If it's doing this, do that. Right. Why can't it not just be in the regular set of instructions? Exactly. Well, it's part of the instructions. It should be. It should be there because the, the biography is not the instructions because I know <laughs> instructions when I see them. Right. Anywho. So I think my my first resolution I have since it's a new year, right? We're starting into a new year now. My first resolution is to make a cooking website uh-huh. where there's absolutely no external information on the site. Just recipes. Maybe I'll just call it that. Just recipes. Just davidsrecipes.com. Oh. You go. Yes. Just recipes. Nothing else. Oh, David. Yes. Not even context for what it looks like. Just just the plain recipes and a picture. <laughs> They're, they're very, very simple navigation. I I just, I look forward to this. A searchable, it has to be searchable too. You got to, you know, right. David's recipes. You got to have like a, there should be like a search button and then just an alphabetized list of the right. recipes. <laughs> and you can either search the recipes or you can find your one in the alphabetized section. Right. And it's just black and white, pure, clean. Oh, oh, a, a baker's paradise. Printable. It'll print out in, in the perfect right. shape and size. Oh, yes, David. This sounds amazing. <laughs> so one day, maybe one day I'll make that. I'll put that on our future projects list because we don't have any of those already <laughs> lined up. <laughs> I know how this works. Okay, We're doing a podcast, right? So... The eventuality of the podcast is hopefully that we will have a legion of followers willing to help us with our projects. <laughs> right. And and they can make the recipe website. They can do the, the work. It's true. And 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 we will we will give them control over it because they will be good and they will they will know what we want because they've listened to the podcast. Fair. <laughs> you know what sadly I was thinking? <laughs> Huh. We we think very differently because you're like we'll have a legion of people, but I was like, well, I can already summon a legion of you know computer code or robots. <laughs> Why can't I just use like a web scraper and have it do the work for me? <laughs> you know, why didn't I think of that? That's a great idea. <laughs> it will just maybe this is what it is. It's a recipe of every or it's it's a website of every recipe on the web. Whoa, you know, in all this organization. And it just says at the top, if you want all the other crap, go to this link. Otherwise, yeah, here's the actual here. <laughs> <laughs> that That is a fabulous idea, okay? Because then, if you have a whole database of all recipes ever on the internet, you can eliminate a huge portion of recipes because you don't have to duplicate all the recipes. You know, there's just right. a couple of recipes, really. I mean, like, how many ways is there to make buttercream well there's there's a bunch of ways but usually it's just a bunch of variations on the same basic formula right oh and we can make videos we can do uh ai videos of me 
teaching how to make the recipe on the website. <laughs> so that so that so that there can so ah, ah yes okay. automatically I'm... generated voice mm-hmm. filling videos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> explaining animation. how to make a certain because because what it's turning into is a cooking if we take all the recipes and we condense all recipes into one database eliminate all the chaff and then and then figure out what what which ones are just like the base and then what are variations then you basically have like a you almost have like a freestyle machine where you click on the one <laughs> and then you get all the variations. You're like, Oh, well I, I actually, I wanted, um, I wanted fried chicken, but I wanted, I wanted this kind of fried chicken, you know, hot and spicy fried chicken. And then, and then Aaron, I don't think this is going to help with your constant indecision problem. <laughs> no, I don't. This is only going to fuel it more. <laughs> no, this isn't for me. No, no. See, no. We already solved the indecision problem. No, you're right. We already solved the indecision problem, though, because there will just be a random button on the bottom <laughs> of the screen where I can just click it, and it will just give me a recipe to make for dinner. Easy. That's fair. And then I can explain to myself how to make it. <laughs> and <laughs> life you, you wouldn't find that weird at all to watch yourself explain no. <laughs> to you how to make the recipe. <laughs> You know, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, no, I would not find that weird at all. That would be amazingly helpful if I, it's like, it's like notes from the past where I could like, I want to make a recipe that I haven't made in a long time. Then I can go and just like look up what I know already about how to make the recipe. And then I could just teach myself how to make it over again. I just, this is a great idea. It's like notes to yourself. It's great. <laughs> I got no problems. All right. Let's start with just getting all the recipes in the world into one database <laughs> first. Then we can add the other functionality. Okay. 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 The, that one sounds a little bit easier than some of the other stuff. But again, the, the goal is simplicity, right? There needs to be right, a simplifying right. of recipe websites. That's that's our right. call. Call to the world. Simplify yes, yes. recipes. Forget all the other problems going on in the world. We need to simplify <laughs> recipe websites <laughs> right simplify. now. This is how it goes. We come up with solutions to the problem, and the world bends to our will someday, <laughs> hopefully, and fixes the problems in the way that we have dictated. <clears throat> <laughs> Indeed. All right. So while we're still on food. Uh-huh. Oh, I love food. <laughs> I, I figured you wouldn't have a problem continuing to talk about this um, never David never <laughs> but the next thing I wanted to bring up was as you were talking about the lion sneak of custard right and how it's mm-hmm. really not that hard to make right mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed more and more which foods also qualify into that category okay okay and some of them make me really mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Do, do tell, do tell. So my my first one is actually all soups. All all soups? Are you a soup fan, first of all? Uh, uh, I think if you asked my wife, she'd say no. And my answer to that question is, Yes, I'm coming around. I used to not be a fan of soups. I used to think they were just not food. And some of them still some of them still aren't food, okay? But I'm coming around. Some soups, they are food. 
They gotta have enough food in them right. to be soup. Right. It needs food. to be hearty, right? Yes. I don't want chicken broth. Chicken broth is not a food. Right. Well, and I always thought that, like, most restaurant soups are not that good, you know? Okay. Okay. Um, and so I've been in a similar boat. Or if there is a restaurant mm-hmm. soup that is really good, like, I've always liked good clam chowders. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, David. Oh, yes. <laughs> but those I'm always like, well, the the restaurant clam chowders are always really good. And then you get the canned stuff and you're like, yeah, this isn't that good, you know? Oh right. man, I got I got some of that when I was when I was in Hawaii because uh, I was missing my mom's clam chowder. Oh man, that was the one of the most disappointing food experiences of my life because <laughs> it's just it's just horrible. Anyway, right. sorry. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, so all my life I've thought, all right, well either the soup's just nasty because it's at whatever the soup they make at the restaurants gross soup anyways, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the stuff you can get at home just is gross you know so soups are just kind of this elusive thing that i don't get that often right <laughs> right yeah yeah but we started making soups for the winter my wife really likes soups and so we're like okay well you know we're we're trying more things let's try to make some really good soups throughout you know the winter time you know mm-hmm. and first we started doing some of the soups following online recipes and like none of them were thickening right and mm. You know, things just weren't working yeah. out, and we're like, okay, that you're, this is just too hard. You know, like, we can't get this down the right way type thing. And so soups are still this elusive thing. Right, But then yeah. we talked to my wife's um, grandmother, mm-hmm. and we were telling her about this, and we were on to get one of her potato chowder recipes. And she's like, oh, you just add this thickener in here. Okay, yeah. That's like a flour and butter mix. And suddenly, all the soups are amazing. <laughs> just that one trick that the thickener she recommended. Suddenly, we have now have like seven soups we make regularly that are all fantastic. <laughs> and it was That's a so stupid good. one simple part that we were missing. Mm-hmm. The vital ingredient. Because all the websites were recommending like cornstarch and stuff. And it just wasn't working. Yeah. And it- and anyways, it just made me mad that like, does no one know this secret? Is it only my wife's grandmother that realizes <laughs> that this flour butter mix is what you need to thicken soups? This is ground. You actually, you have to send this to me. Okay. Because my wife, <laughs> she often cooks with cornstarch. She tries to thicken stuff up with cornstarch and I am depressed at how often she's like, Oh, it's just not thickening up. And Oh, it's just not working out right. And oh, I should add some more cornstarch and all this stuff. And I'm like, this has this, something's wrong with the cornstarch. Like it's not working, and right. the answer is flour and butter. I'm so excited. You have to send this to me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it just makes me mad. Well, first of all, well, there's a lot of things that make me mad. But first of all, the fact that <laughs> it's not that hard to make soup, and why why does it seem like it's a hard thing to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why has it been so elusive for all this year, all these years? And why does no one on the internet know how to do this? Right? <laughs> it seems like it should be a very simple thing to fix. And like it's to the right. point that we went to Olive Garden the other day, mm-hmm. and you know how they have that? I think it's called like Supa Descana. It's like a sausage and kale, yeah. like hot soup. We were like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's give that one a shot. It was super mm-hmm. easy. So like even a really fancy yeah. soup at Olive Garden, we we totally made and it tasted great, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
soups i don't know but i don't know i i i'm i'm totally on board with your grumpiness about soups okay and and the line <laughs> sneak of soups because because i'm pretty sure you just like i'm pretty sure it's just some kind of broth and some kind of stuff in it that you let marinate and boil and get to be close friends like that's that's i'm pretty sure that's all any good soup is right it just kind of feels like a lie like oh this is fancy no 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 it's just it's just kale and it's just been marinating in this in this in this water for a couple hours you're you're right though it it's really not that hard to make most soups because you just put them in a crock pot and they sit there for hours it's it's not like there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of steps it's put a whole bunch of stuff in this pot and cook it you know yeah yeah <laughs> you're, you're not it's, like uh... sauteing things and doing all sorts of crazy cooking techniques it's just stick all this stuff in here and let it you know simmer together right exactly 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 i i'm so glad that custard wasn't the only one lying to me that makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other things that uh are now on my list that i've realized Okay. Um, interestingly enough, hamburgers, actually. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about the uh, Impossible Burger, the Beyond Meat Burger, whatever it was, that one time when we taste mm-hmm. tested it? Yep. We had a differing opinion where I really cared about the quality of the meat and you cared more about the, the sauces, right? The stuff it's on the, the sauce. hamburger. All the, all the stuff, yeah. And I've now since realized I still really enjoy the quality of the meat, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've realized that you can get high quality meat for a hamburger at home mm-hmm. just as well as you would get at a restaurant. If you just buy fresh hamburger and don't freeze it and cook it right away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, just put it flat in a pan, that tastes as good as any burger you get at a restaurant. So it's actually okay, yeah. the, the sauces and the other stuff they put on there that's harder to replicate, strangely enough. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a lion sneak, but also not because getting all the different ingredients you want to put on a hamburger it can be hard at times <laughs> if they do like a Hawaiian barbecue sauce and grilled pineapple or what, you know, bacon and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that can be a pain to assemble. So yeah, it's almost like when you go to a restaurant, you want to be paying for all the extra stuff you put on the burger, <laughs> you know, don't go and just get a regular burger. Make sure you get a really densely packed burger with lots of goodies on it, you know? Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. This. I. Yes. This is. You're right. This is condensing in my mind as a as as a thing that seems true, because this is how I feel. Like I. I I don't know. I don't know. It's just that's what you're paying for. You're you're paying for whatever's on the burger. Like you're not paying for the burger itself. Like you you're paying for the experience. It's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this was just obvious to you, but it was kind of just interesting to me to realize I, the really high quality burgers <laughs> I like do have that extra sauce and stuff on it. I don't really like mm-hmm. just any regular places, you know, number one burger, with right, just right, lettuce and well, pickle or whatever, you know, just yeah, yeah. Well, and it 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 wasn't so simple and obvious to me. Don't worry, it wasn't. You have. You have brought the obviousness of things to light to me, which is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. It's like it's like almost like a revelation of a suspicion, like a like a confirmation of a suspicion you've had. That's how it kind of feels. I'm like, ah, yes, this this is true. This is how it is. 
Yeah, and it's and it's weird because I still love that juicy taste of the burger. I still I feel like I'm tasting the meat, mm-hmm. but without the other stuff, I don't really care for it. You know, like and again, it's something easy I can make at home. I really want all the whole package put together. Is really what you're paying for when you go to a restaurant. <laughs> so it's kind of not a lion sneak, but also a lion sneak at the same time. <laughs> it's starting to get complicated up in here. We we have different levels of complication now that we're yes we, ha- we yes. have meta we have meta levels of complication that we're dealing with. <laughs> right, right. We're ah uh, yes, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, one more. Well, two more really. <laughs> so this one is. I feel like everyone kind of already knows this, so I don't feel like it's a lion sneak. But <laughs> most Mexican food is really easy to make. <laughs> yep, yep. I I remember learning this one day and like going through all the Mexican dishes on a menu and just being like, "Oh, this is a taco with this variant, or this is a burrito with this variant, or this variant." Right. It's like, oh, they're just like. A chimichanga is just, like, fried and with extra cheese burrito. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Simple. It's just a burrito with a little bit of extra work. You realize there's, like, maybe 15 ingredients total that make up most Mexican dishes, you know? Like, it's not (laughs) a complex system. Right, right. And it's, it's all the better for it. Because the flavor is always the same. Like, it's always basically what you're expecting. And it's always yummy. You know, there's never a problem with it. But right. but but it greatly simplifies what you're trying to do. Like, as soon as you know what they all are, you can just be like, oh, well, I'm feeling cheesy today. Like, I'm going to get something with extra cheese. Right. Well, and occasionally before, I like to go into a really nice Mexican restaurant every now and then. And sometimes you crave that, like a really high quality burrito or you know, mm-hmm. taco salad or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But ever since I, I mentioned this last time, ever since my wife started making her own tortillas and mm-hmm. we've actually played around with like meat, you know, getting like the shredded chicken the right way or the, oh, you know, yeah, some yeah. of the sweet pork that they'll do and stuff. And you get that right. I hardly crave it anymore at like a fancy place because really? it's like I get some pretty good – we have some pretty good meals at home because we got the tortillas and the meat down and then you just add the cheese and the rice and the other ingredients and you get almost as good a taste as any other restaurant you're going to go – or any restaurant you're going to go to, you know? Oh, snap. David, you're living the life. You're living the <laughs> life, my friend. That's amazing. This is basically all we've done during quarantine is get more and more <laughs> – um, refined in our foods. <laughs> I I love it. That's amazing. That's such a good skill to pick up during the quarantine. That's so good. Anywho, but again, I don't know if that counts because like everyone already kind of knows that, you know. There's, yeah. but it, it's not as hard to get up to restaurant quality as you might think. I guess is what I'm trying to say. There's some simple things you can do that make it suddenly taste a lot better than mm. your homemade Mexican foods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and then the last one is this one's kind of interesting because uh, I mentioned this before. I've lived in Australia, and interestingly enough, over there, because there's so much Asian influence and culture from people that have immigrated into Australia and such, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very very big melting pot. And obviously, we have Asian influence here in the states, but right, yeah, it's really heavy over in 
Australia because they're so close to a lot of the Asian countries. Okay. So a lot of people immigrate yeah. into Australia. So funny enough is a lot of the Asian food over there, you know, Chinese, Indian, et cetera, all those ty- types of sometimes we would consider exotic cuisines here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all super cheap. You know, like Indian food is way cheap over there. You can get a full plate of rice oh. and curry and non bread for like, you know, six bucks, at least when I was there. It's probably a little bit more mm-hmm. now, but. Yeah, yeah. So it was super cheap. And Mexican food was like really exotic over there. So you'd get a burrito for like 15 bucks. <laughs> then you get what? here for like five bucks, you know? Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. I see. I see. Okay. It's kind of like a total mental shift because around here, at least, Indian food's like a very nice thing, you know, or Thai food. You go to a, a nice restaurant, you sit down, and you have a really nice dish, etc. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I've learned from my experience that, you know, it, it's not that hard to make Indian food. And that's why it was so cheap over in Australia. But in the States, <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, oh, it's just so hard to get all the ingredients that you need, etc. for all these fancy Asian dishes, you know, and that's why it's right. so expensive. But we recently found like an Asian market near our house. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 The Asian markets was what I was going to bring up. <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> now we have like all the ingredients we need. And it's mm-hmm. super easy to make like a lot of these really nice dishes that are super good. Uh, like yes. we made we made a Thai soup actually the other day. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it, but it's a it's basically their version of chicken noodle soup. But okay, no noodles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a spicy chicken broth that's supposed to help when you're sick and that type of stuff. Anyways, okay. we yeah. we got all the ingredients at this Asian market. That soup was super good. <laughs> so good i can imagine going to like a nice thai restaurant and then being like ah oh, here's your soup and i'd be like ah oh, you know this is a super exotic dish that no one can make <laughs> but <laughs> but now it's it's in our kitchen because we just got the few ingredients we need from the asian market and mm-hmm, suddenly mm-hmm. we're making really exotic soups you know and ex- exotic dishes yes. so even like asian food is not that hard to make if you can find the ingredients you need right right it's pretty uh... It's really interesting that like f- foods, foods plural are like not that h- hard. Generally, like it's right, <laughs> not actually t- technically very difficult as long as you've got some like core skills regarding food making. Like you can make anything. Like ah, it's not that okay. <laughs> and Asian markets though, Asian markets are where it's at. Like if you're looking to change up your change up your snack game or your your food game like just go to an asian market get some mochi get some get some oh get some of that seaweed paper and cook up Mm -hmm. some rice and just eat the rice and the seaweed paper oh man it's good times it's good times (laughs) i love asian markets we always go to an asian market because it's you just it's just yummy food there you know fair warning for anyone that hasn't been though they smell like fish (laughs) because they put all the fish on ice right in the back and you can yep, smell yep. there's a distinct smell for an Asian market. So just <laughs> be aware of that when you go in. Like be prepared. It's not gonna smell like Walmart. It it's gonna smell a little bit different. Yeah. But but I agree. Like there's so many new ingredients that you don't realize you don't have mm-hmm. when you go to an Asian market and oh man, there's there's a lot of good stuff there that you can use. Especially oh, like that's... their curry paste and all sorts you can get all sorts of paste and stuff that you can throw in mm-hmm. curries and soups and just on to like marinate chicken and stuff. Oh, good stuff. I love it. I love it so much. I actually have to go to an Asian market soon because I need some of that seaweed paper 
The, I don't, do you know what I'm talking about when I say seaweed paper? Like the stuff they wrap around sushi rolls, right? Sushi. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Sushi. Yeah. Yeah. I need some of that and I need some furikake. Because furikake. I don't know how they say it. It's just another <laughs> spice thing that goes in rice that makes rice yummy. And I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. But this has brought it back to the forefront of my mind of how I need those things in my life again. Right. <sighs> Asian markets, man. And food, man. <laughs> food. It's just, it's just none of it's that hard. You just have to know what you're doing, which is really helpful. <laughs> that That's a big caveat, but yes. <laughs> really, I think maybe what we just learned, I don't know what else there really is left when we consider food. <laughs> I mean, we covered most, I... <laughs> you know, prominent food groups just there, but. Just kidding. There's still a lot we didn't cover. Italian. There's still more. Barbecue. Oh, and... Italian. Yes. I have a I have a related but not perfectly related thought and question for you if you want it right now. Sure. Bring it on. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about how like I, I was listening to myself talk about how custard is a lion sneaking son of a dish and... And (laughs) that was funny to say, um, I was listening to myself talk about custard and this has actually, um, intersected with another problem that I realized I have in my life at this moment. Cause I I was listening to myself talk about it and saying things like, Oh, like as soon as you understand how to do it, like it's really, really easy. Like it's really easy is what I said to myself. And I thought to myself after hearing myself say that, and I thought to myself, Oh man, Maybe it's not as maybe it's not as simple as and, and as easy as I think it is now that I have like leveled up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this coincides this intersects with a thing that I've felt in my work lately. Like lately in work, I feel like I've kind of hit this point where I leveled up. Like it just kind of feels like generally like I've I've gained enough experience points that all of a sudden <laughs> Some tasks that were very, very difficult or that seemed very daunting and difficult all of a sudden didn't seem that hard anymore. And first, well, first of all, let me just say I appreciate that you're using complete RPG slash Dungeons and Dragons I... terminology here. <laughs> but please continue. <laughs> it's the structure of my life. This is how I think and feel. Um, <laughs> but that, well, but that's kind of what it feels like because it's like. Like, all of a sudden, like, things didn't make me nervous anymore because I could just, I just did them. Like, I just knew how to do them all of a sudden. Like, I was it's just like when you go out. back to the, the first area in a video game and suddenly you can beat every character in one hit because now it's, you're yeah, far too you powerful. Know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I know how to put a cabinet on a wall. It's not that hard, you know. And I say to myself, it's not that hard. It's really, really easy. But we've we've recently had a a, a, a a fresh worker in the shop, someone who, who he's a young kid who doesn't really he's not had a lot of career experience and cabinets are a very foreign thing to him. Right. Right. And so he's been learning the trade. You know, we've been teaching him how to do cabinets and he's got to go off to school later. So he's going to bail out on us. But but we've been we've been showing him the ropes about cabinets and. I had a lot of patience in the beginning with him, but as time has gone on and as I've felt this like level up happen, my patience has like 
evaporated <laughs> he'll ask me a question and i'll be like you just do it you just do it like you just know how to do it <laughs> he'll ask me a question i'll be like that's a stupid question why are you asking me that like that's a, such a simple thing like why would you even consider asking and i so i feel bad for him and i and i feel i don't want to be this way but but now you're just too powerful to be put <laughs> into the situation <laughs> It's a it's an experience in life that I don't feel like I've had yet where I just I just have this like this huge ego all of a sudden <laughs> and it just wants to destroy this kid cuz he's just he just doesn't know things and it's like well you know years ago I was in his same boat like I know I I know I was there I know I've been there but all of a sudden like like the art of cabinetry has like coalesced in my mind. And all of a sudden every question is just nonsense because it, it's so simple. The answers are all so simple. Right. And so my, my question is how do I have more patience after leveling up? Cause, <laughs> cause, cause, and more empathy. Cause, cause I was listening to myself talk about custards and it was the same thing. I was like, this is easy. And I was like, but, but, but years ago, me didn't know it was easy, and and he he was nervous and scared to try it, and so he didn't. It's like, how can I not immediately become very frustrated <laughs> with other people in my life? Is really my question. I think. Well, my simple answer is become a high school teacher. That will solve your problem really fast. <laughs> or even worse, really? become a junior high teacher. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but assuming you don't want to do that, um okay. Yeah, we'll assume that I don't want to do either of those. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Um I've never thought about it in that way, and that sounds way more like egotistical than what I was thinking, but I have experienced <laughs> this phenomenon in some variations. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. You say that? Okay. I was listening to the podcast, right? And I was mm. like, I was listening to myself and I was thinking, man, this dude sounds crazy. He sounds so like big headed. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. That's that person is me. I am that person. Like, uh oh. Uh oh. We got problems I got to sort out. So I'm working on that whole like, I don't know. I don't know if I do have a huge head or whatever, but like, Listening to myself talk, I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude is so full of himself. <laughs> anyway, you know. So yeah, egotistical is the right word, I think. <laughs> I, I will say, I'm kind of glad you experienced this, because you're always such a nice guy. I'm almost happy that you're experiencing an immense amount of pride in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so just just let it simmer for a little bit, and then you can okay. go back to being patient and kind and caring for others. <laughs> Just I want you to have open. this moment for just a little bit. Okay. That makes but... me feel a little bit better. I, like, <laughs> my head is just like, okay, maybe we won't shrink too much. Maybe we'll stay this size for a minute. <laughs> right. Well, I I will say, if you want a field where this is an immense problem in many mm -hmm. regards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, okay. Go yeah. into academia. <laughs> oh, Okay, okay. <laughs> So this is what's interesting is, well, first of all, personal experience wise, right? I've had a lot of people that have like asked me if I will help tutor them in computer science stuff. Um, right. The listeners will know that I teach high school physics, but I'm currently working on a computer science 
um, doctorates. Mm -hmm. So physics, I'm really good at like relating to people at the level that they're at because I just, I think I've done it for so long and physics is very visual in the first place. So it's usually I can do pretty good at relating with high school students on that level and being where they need to be. Right. Right. But with computer science, a lot of people have come to me asking for tutoring and stuff like that. And I just go, I don't know if you want me to tutor you because (laughs) again, not being prideful, but it's been so long since I've been at your level. Uh It's really hard for me to remember what that's like. Okay. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you've never seen like one time I had a friend that was just in my neighborhood and he was taking like a, a 200 level CS class, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was data structures. So they're doing like binary trees and lists and dictionaries and they had to code them all in C plus plus. And he he like, he wanted me to come help him. And I tried to help when I could, but even when I would go to like assist him, part of the problem was it was in C plus plus, which I haven't done in forever. So I couldn't (laughs) read any of the lines of code, you know, (laughs) coherently. Right. Right. Wrong language. You're already speaking a different language, which is not good. Right. But then I'd say things like, okay, well, it's a linked list, so you're going to use this pointer in the end node, and you're going to use that to point to the other node. And I just go off on things like that, and it would just go straight over his head. And I was like, oh, well, you don't know what a pointer is yet, or you don't understand a pointer very well. Mm-hmm. You don't know what, you know, <laughs> you don't know how the data is aggregated inside the computer, so you don't realize that these memory locations are ne- next to each other. And, you know, but just mm-hmm. things that just flow naturally when you've been thinking about computers for you know for me it's what four or five years now <laughs> you know that i've been yeah, in the computer yeah. science program yeah and, at, and at a, a doctorate level again it's not i'm not trying to be prideful here. i'm just saying i i haven't been in that situation <laughs> in probably right. a, a decade you know i haven't thought right. of computer science at that level in that long that i Really, I don't think I would do a great job of teaching anyone at that level unless I practiced it for a long time, you know, like mm-hmm. I have for physics. Yeah. Okay, okay. So this is this is really a big problem for academia. Okay, well, two different thoughts here. The first okay. being that the coolest people that you meet and the people that are most respected in academia yeah. are often pretty good about not being egotistical about it. You know, they've done right. some amazing research and you go talk to these guys and they're just some of the nicest people you'd ever meet, you know, and they're really patient. They become awesome professors to work with. Like my professor, you know, I go through his, his CV, like all the papers he's published. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, whoa, like he's done a lot. <laughs> and he even, he even shared one of the major conferences. It was actually CVPR. He chaired it one year and I was like, whoa, like, whoa. There he is. He's up there talking to the entire group of computer scientists. Like he's in charge of this meeting, you know, like you don't get to do that if you're just some random guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you would never know it. He's, he's never egotistical about it. And he's awesome. Even though I know he's like 12 levels up from like me or any other person in the department. Yeah. (laughs) Any other grad students. So those people, those people are awesome. But on the flip side, you will meet some of the most arrogant professors in the world Mm -hmm. in academia that are like well i've studied this for 20 years and this is obvious and you're just a a weakling because you don't know this you know and 
everyone hates those people so which is how i feel that's how i feel lately which is (laughs) i don't want to be that way i don't want to be hated this is okay yeah right so that's my first thought is kind of you will see the most extreme cases of people that can do that and or are good about it and those that are not in academia i think more than anywhere else really yeah yeah and so my second thought is I guess this is a little bit more specific to academia, but specifically about teaching. Okay. Yeah. The reason that this is something you've been frustrated about, right. is because you're in the environment of being a mentor or a teacher. Yeah. To this person that is having difficulties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They come to me with questions and because I'm the person to talk to. Right. Right. Yeah. This is something I've often thought about teaching, Mm -hmm. especially in academia that there's kind of this mentality that if you know the most, you're going to be the best teacher. That's really true mm. in academia, right? Like, oh, the great minds right. of yesterday teaching the great minds of tomorrow. Right, yeah. Right? But that's really a problem if your professor is one of those jerks that thinks he's the most intelligent person in the world. He's not going to be a good teacher. He's going to be awful. And this right. this yeah. happens a lot. He cares about his research. He doesn't care about his students. Right? Right, yeah. He's busy. He's got stuff to do. He just has to teach his class. Like, Right, yeah. which is it's an awful... If you really think about it, it's an awful way to try and pass knowledge on to people is to get the least likable person to be assigned <laughs> to do that. Right? <laughs> but he's the smartest, David. He's the smartest. <laughs> right. I, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, I got you. So I've often thought that in academia, especially, right... Mm-hmm. We need, and again, I I know there's going to be lots of caveats to this. Yeah, but there really needs to be a separation between the people that are teaching and the people that are doing research. <laughs> you know, or okay, yeah, you shouldn't be qualified to teach, to teach a class just because you are you've taken that class before and now you're a doctorate in the subject, right? Like, yeah, that that really doesn't qualify you to be a good teacher at all. Right, and I, th- right. I think the problem with your situation is you have kind of, I'm, I'm guessing it's not against your will, but this person that needs <laughs> it's help. It's kind of against my will, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's constantly asking you for help, right? Or needing these things. Right. But you've not really been assigned the teaching role to him, right? The mentor role. Right. 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 And so I think for those situations, right? When you have leveled up as you described it, it is best if there is someone that is assigned, like in his case, I'm sure he probably has mentoring and you guys have showed him stuff. Yeah. But if you have someone that is assigned, that is kind of ready for those dumb questions, if you will, right? Those questions that you wouldn't think about or you asked at the previous level. Right. Yeah. You're you're a little bit more prepared for them. And as a teacher, right, like because I teach physics every day and I know my students are going to ask questions that I find frustrating, they mm-hmm. they, don't yeah. frust- they don't frustrate me because I know they're coming, <laughs> right? Okay. So the best, the best case is, I guess, from the, the student's perspective or the person being mentored, it's best if they have someone that is assigned to be a mentor or, you know, the teacher is someone that wants to teach the class, right? Or yeah, just yeah. just having that designation makes this problem a lot less of a problem. It alleviates it a little bit. It would alleviate a lot. That's actually no, you. 
I think you're on the right track because I mean that's when I feel the most frustration is when I'm busy doing something like I have work to do that is like not mentally taxing but it's it's you know it's it's work it ha- I have to do it and it's it's not just it's not just mindless brainless work you know I've got stuff to right. do and he's coming at me with all these questions and I've got to help him you know with his stuff and do my stuff at the same time it's just those are the times that I get the most frustrated. So I think you're onto something. Right. Well, I've even experienced this. We have an undergraduate researcher in our lab who needs a lot of help. Mm -hmm. And my professor actually assigned him to me. So I'm like his graduate mentor in Mm -hmm. the lab. And initially I was like, Oh, I'm the only person that has to deal with this, you know, or (laughs) sorry, that sounds really bad, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, why do I take all my time out? But yeah. My professor was also really clear, like, hey, if you get a little bit less done because you're trying to help him, that's okay. That's okay. Like, okay. And, it yeah. made it, and it made it really nice because then he knows he can ask me a question. I know I can expect questions from him. I know it's okay to take time to handle those questions. The other people in the lab aren't getting disturbed by random questions at any given time. And right. so now since that relationship is nice and clear, it really helps oh. with it not being frustrating. Yeah, I can see how that would be a huge benefit because, I mean, that's the thing with with the shop is that it's no one's been assigned as the trainer. No one's no one's been set apart to be like you. You have the calling. Well, maybe I have been, but it doesn't feel like <laughs> it because the boss right. hasn't given me that that kind of leeway that that your your teacher. Ha- well, your mentor, whoever this person is, your other higher authority has given you to be like, you don't have to get as much work done you just also have to train this person. Right. And I feel like I'm still under the gun of get all your work done and train this person. Right. Yeah. So if, if there was that designation of it's okay, if you, you know, take 30 minutes out of the day, cause you're trying to help this kid because mm-hmm. we want him to be working effectively too. So it's, it's going to pay out in the long run. If that's a clear designation. Right it makes that relationship a lot better and becomes less, it becomes less frustrating because you right. know to expect those questions. And there's, yeah, sometimes you still feel like, oh, I, I can't believe you're asking that, but you, you're less, <laughs> you're less annoyed and more just yeah. like, Oh, uh, silly weakling. Asking your silly <laughs> question. <laughs> you know I remember nothing. when I was at your stage asking those silly questions. Let me come help you. Oh, wait. No, I don't. Because it's been 10,000 years since I was your age. (laughs) So the pride may still be there, but you feel more willing to help and assist. Huh. Huh. This has opened my mind a lot to a lot of different things. I got a lot of thoughts floating around right now. This is really interesting. Do you you want to express any of those thoughts that you haven't expressed? (laughs) (laughs) Or am I beneath you and cannot understand the level of your thoughts on this matter? <laughs> um, you, my friend, are certainly not beneath me. Um, the, the problem I face at this time is that not a lot of them have uh, coagulated really well. But one of the thoughts I had, because, you know, like, as the thoughts coagulate, they become easier and easier to share because you've got more and more structure around them but anyway one of the thoughts i had was while you're talking about how like in academia you've got teachers and and like 
you as a teacher, your job is to deal with these problems and these things. One of my thoughts for my own solution would be to consider myself and think about a lot of this stuff as a teacher would, rather than just as a career cabinet maker would, you know, like I I don't just assume these things, but I, I, I take time to practice teaching them in my head first, of course, you know, you always have to explain things in your head first and then, and then you can, you have a more clear answer when it's asked. But I feel like, like practicing, basically practicing teaching would help with the frustration. I mean, sometimes it's like, I, I don't even have an answer for you because I don't even know how to answer such a question. Like, you should right. know, f- figure it out, uh, which is totally <laughs> unhelpful to the right. to the young to the young student of a trade. Like, they need answers and they need clarity and direction, or else you're just this is a this is a shortcoming. I think of just 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 now thinking of it, you know. But I think a possible shortcoming of trade work is that there's not a lot of foundation put. Right. And so there's so many people like mathematics has this 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 is very deep and and ingrained foundation that you that you learn from a young age. But right. cabinetry, it's kinda like, well here's the shop and here's a couple basic skills, figure it out. And everyone comes up with their own method and everyone has their own way of doing it. Which is good in some ways. I mean some ways it helps you get work done more efficiently and quickly. Right. But at the same time, there's not a, there's not an overarching standard. You know, you, you don't know what to expect when you go to a different shop or a different, you install with different people. You know, you never know what right. you're going to get because there's never been a, there's never been a set system. Trade, trade work has a tendency to be that way where the, where you're just kind of like, I don't know, figure it out, get it done. We have a job to do, you know, and we got to get our yeah. job done. And it's, there's no room for academia which because there's work to do and so it's ah. <laughs> well and if you think about the origin of trade work or traditionally you had a apprentice right or you yeah. had a mentor and they basically got you to the level that they were at before they sent you out and obviously i mean there's obviously still trade schools and other things like that but like yeah, you said, yeah. every every shop does it differently. So you still need a little bit of that almost like apprenticeship at every individual place you go to. So right. That, you know, how that place functions and how they do things. But man, I think that would be- I think that would benefit my company, like my personal company right now immensely to have like some kind of apprenticeship program where it's like, okay, well, for the first year you're considered an apprentice, like you don't know what you're doing. And so, and so it comes with the, you know, reduced pay, of course, but also like everyone can, the the social expectation is not that you know how to do your job and that you do your job. It's that, oh, you're learning how to do this thing and we're going to teach you how to do this thing. Right. So that you can hopefully benefit the company later. Right. Ah, so much about expectation. I love I love it. It's so important to communicate <laughs> your expectations clearly. Well, and again, the reason it is probably not done is like you said, we got to get the job done. There's there's mm-hmm. not time to worry about this, but it's just hard to show that in the long run, taking that time 
will be more beneficial than not taking that time. Right, right. Because everyone's trying to figure out their own thing, you know. Right, right. Well, that's one of the things. It's like I'm tell I'm telling him how to do something, and he- I'm just like, and and I always end it with like, and that's how I do it. And the other employees do it differently, and the boss does it differently. And you're on your own to figure out how you're going to do it because you can do it my way, which is obviously the superior way, or you can do whatever <laughs> you want as long as it works. I've leveled up, done. so I got the superior way. <laughs> I I have a, a supreme understanding of the matrix of the cabinet and how it can be utilized to its fullest. And I just have but to distill this information to you before you can become like I am. Dang. <laughs> See, and I, I wouldn't blame anyone for listening to this podcast thinking I'm some egotistical nut. Because I totally <laughs> am. This is really fun. I like this a lot. Don't worry, listeners. He'll be back to regular Aaron by one or no. two episodes. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I thought this I'll, was I'll humble him back up for everyone. Don't worry. This... <laughs> you just tried, David. I leveled up. I'm unstoppable now. <laughs> oh, that's so not true. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if that completely answered your question. No, that that is immensely helpful and i appreciate your thoughts deeply like they are very helpful and i have a lot to think about now i'm gonna be stewing on this for at least a couple days my one other thought was if you ever are Mm -hmm. just feeling like supremely prideful on any given day i just always think about (laughs) putting in your terms what would be my max level and how far away am I from that? And then I suddenly right. become very humble. <laughs> when I think right, about right. where my professor is at in his career, I go, okay, yeah, I got uh, some work to do. <laughs> yeah, That will yeah. quickly humble you down back to your <laughs> good old self. I do appreciate that. That is a good tactic. I like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because then I can be like, oh, well, yeah. How much do I actually know? Well, nothing. So, for this next topic, mm-hmm. I still don't want to get to the emojis yet. No. I'm going to no, yeah. force you to wait till the very end to talk about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're that right, way, you're that right, way right, it can right. be a three-hour long <laughs> podcast episode if it needs to be. But. Put me on a short leash there, David. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> so, I have two totally random topics okay. that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Um, we'll see how long they take. But my first question for you is this. Have you ever gotten a massage? <laughs> no. No, my wife's <laughs> going to laugh when she hears this, but no. Okay. I have not. Is that from Why? A, a personal <laughs> decision? or I'm just curious. What What's your feelings on massages? On massages. Aaron on massages. Um, I just... I just have never gotten one, like not a professional massage. I mean, it's like, uh, it stems very deeply from the, the way I, I have been raised and the way that I am and the way that my <laughs> environments have been, but like, it's not broken. So, uh, why would I go get a massage? Like I'm doing okay. Like I'm still working good. Like I don't, I don't need one. It's like. I also find the thought of 
like getting a massage kind of weird and like who is this person and why are they touching me like i have very <laughs> strong physical boundaries around my person that i don't like to just like let people touch me and so it's like <laughs> yeah, i don't know you're at too high of a level to have lesser people touch you is that what you're saying <laughs> Actually, you know, honestly, I think I'm at too low of a level to be able to afford the coin that it takes to get other people to give me a massage. That's fair. That's, I think that's. I think there's a combination of of differing attributes that causes this uh, unfortunate situation. That's the other thing is that I've never been like, oh well, it's worth my money to go get one. It's like, well, I'd rather not right. spend my money on it. What That's are your, fair. What are your th- thoughts on massages? So I I would say for most of my life I've probably been in the same boat. Okay. Ha- haven't really needed one, and I agree the thought of other people touching you it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. Especially after you've gone to massage and you realize like they touch you in a lot of weird places. <laughs> it's like it's kind of weird <laughs> I'm paying you to do this, but okay, you know. It, it, it's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. But that it's kind of shifted ever since I got an old man's back. I don't know when I got it, oh, but no. I have a really bad back. And about a year and a half ago, I got my first massage as a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And like, I realized that it does actually help quite a bit to have someone do a deep tissue massage on my back. Really? And then I got I got another one recently for this Christmas present. Yeah, so that's when I... I've started doing massages. So it's been about two years okay. I've been doing massages. Uh, but before then, yes, I'd very much be in the same boat as you. Um, right, I, right. Because I didn't need them. But now that I do need them, you know, it is nice when you get one. Okay, yeah. But this is what I want to talk to you about. Again, it, it's kind of a weird environment for me. I know a lot of people like, when, like when you go in, they have the massage table and you you get on it and you undress and they put the blanket over you and they have the soft music and okay yeah yeah they have the the like oils and the weird things to make it smell good and like some people are totally into that <laughs> and it's like i don't even care like i could be fully clothed that's okay with me i just need someone to like put an elbow into my back and like just rub it across every part of my back to get every knot out you know like i don't need all this like aura and ambiance i just need i just need someone to push into my back please you know as hard as possible for an hour that's what i'm paying you for right right I need you to fix it, not not make me feel good about it. Like fix it, right? I I, I need a much more practical massage place to go to. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like I don't even like take off my shoes. I just lay on a table and someone just gets a stick and they just start hitting me with it in the back. <laughs> you know? Beating you with a stick. Just like sounds... poke, poke, poke. You know, get mm-hmm. all the knots out. That that's the kind of massage I'm looking for. So reasonable, so reasonable. Okay, yeah. But you haven't been able to find this kind of massage, I'm assuming. No, and so I kind of have to accept all the other weird things that you do to get the massage, which is a little frustrating. <laughs> it's like I, I want again, kind of with the cooking recipes. Like I want a, a no extra stuffs massage, 
place. Right, yeah. Right, just you, like a no extra stuff cooking website. I just, <laughs> I just need the practical effect of someone massaging my back. I don't care what mm-hmm. it takes. I don't need any extra features. That's what I need is that part, you know? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did not expect this. This is... This topic has caught me, caught me highly by surprise. <laughs> so, oh, good. So you didn't you didn't predict what I was going to talk to you about then? Certainly not, David. the The last thing I thought we'd be talking about was massages. Um, <laughs> so, but let me present two things to you. Okay, okay. This is save the world, right? We're we're here to solve problems and present problems well yeah, solved. Correct. Okay. Correct. So. The problem well solved in massages are massages themselves are mm-hmm. incredibly nice, especially for my back. Okay. Another great problem well solved for massages is the, actually the little hole that you like put your face into so you can lay down flat. <laughs> I don't know why they don't build like beds like that. I could sleep on that thing because I can oh, breathe without yeah. having to turn my neck. But, right. you, oh. but you can't buy a mattress or a pillow that does that, right? And even if you buy a pillow, you're, like, raised and so your neck's bent. It's like, can someone right. just design a mattress with a hole in it that, like, has an air flow so I can breathe and then I can just <laughs> go ostrich style into my mattress? And then uh, that'd be so pleasant. That'd be such a nice way to sleep. But apparently you can only get that with a massage table. <laughs> Seriously. This I, I mean, I wish I had more experience to draw on. I assume it's nice. It sounds really nice. <laughs> that is the problem with laying on your front is that your nose is like just like very tender flush that sticks out right from your face, and it's just like, well, I can't just lay on that thing. Like I don't want a bowling ball of head on top of my nose. Like how about we uh, change it? So then you turn your head to the side, and it's not that comfortable. After, like, five minutes, you kind of like, oh, I need to change that. And then you turn to the other side, and then after another five minutes, you're like, okay, well, I really am tired of laying on my face. Right. And then you sleep on your side, just like. Right. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> side sleeping seems like the only solution in my head. Like, I can't. Right. I can't imagine sleeping on my front parts. Along that note, part of me was also like, why not dig a hole for your shoulder and your arm that you can like slide under the mattress? That's and, such a and good then idea. You would, and then you would lay flat with your torso and your neck on yeah. the mattress. Anyways. Well, and you get them to be adjustable too. You put them on separate, like they're separate mattress pieces. And so like you can adjust them slightly so that. Because people have different shoulder widths, right? So someone right. like me is going to have a slightly deeper hole, whereas someone like my wife is going to have a slightly shallower hole. Right. And then your 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 body, your spine is oh, your spine is straight. This is this is revolution in the sleeping game right now. <laughs> I I will admit I've thought about this probably a little bit more than I should about <laughs> how I would design a mattress to do that. But I'm surprised no one's even like presented anything like that. I, I know it'd be Seriously. quirky, but. It'd be effective. It would be really right. nice to sleep on, I think. I think it would be comfortable. Like I just it would be it would be weird. It'd be weird to, to warm up to it. <laughs> but as soon as you warm up to it, just imagine it's like it's almost like the mattress is like holding you ever so slightly, so it's like it gives that like stability and right. comfort and 
Right. I do have one problem, actually, though, with that system. What's that? What happens when I want to turn over? But I don't think you'd want to turn over as often. No. <laughs> because you'd be so nestled, you know? You'd feel so... Okay. You'd f- you wouldn't have pressure points. The reason you turn over at night is because you get too much pressure on one part of your body and it gets irritated, and then you have to switch to the other side. Really? But if the pressure points get alleviated, you wouldn't feel that as much. Oh, solutions, man. <laughs> Save, changing the world right now. Okay. I was just going to say, when you lay on your back, it's the your shoulder blades, for example. That okay. They're, they're getting the most of the pressure, and so that's why you want to turn to your side. Or also your your head, it's the kind of the back part of your head that's getting all the pressure when you lay on your back yeah. or on your side it's your you know your shoulder you know so if you didn't have as many pressure points i think you would be less tossy anyways tossy turny i okay. don't know how to say that but less mobile during your nighttime resting i've actually mentioned to my wife before that i would love to find some way to sleep standing up and she always thinks that sounds really weird but wouldn't it be cool if there was like a basically just like a a mattress that like hugged you like it came out of the wall and like gripped oh. you and like removed all the pressure from your feet and stuff and then you were just like tightly held against the wall yes i think that would be like strangely comfortable don't you think i think it would be beautiful like it would just <laughs> it's, like, it's like a giant hug that would just it would just envelop you and just hold you but see then it would take up less floor space is the thing that's True. that's the huge benefit i see is that it like your bedroom can shrink by, you know, 40% because you don't have to make room for a huge bed. You just kind of right. lean, you just kind of step into <laughs> into a little, I don't know, a crevice capsule, in the wall, <laughs> a, a crevice in the wall, a padded, a padded, like a, like a, one of those silhouettes that's on the floor, but she's like, you push <laughs> on it and it opens up and it's, and then you just kind of back into it and you. Right. Let your body and your limbs rest in it, and it, it just like inflates like a like a balloon around you, and just gives the perfect <laughs> amount of pressure everywhere to feel like a like extra comfortable. That's the dream. That's the dream, David. <laughs> it's like the International Space Station, where like the bedrooms are in the walls and on the floor because it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter because mm-hmm. everything's just floating anyway. So there's no like direction. <laughs> But yeah, right, just, exactly. Doesn't matter where your your bed is, you just kind of just lean into it and just <laughs> arms come around and grab you and <laughs> suck you in. <laughs> Arm. That's a little, a little more terrifying than I had. But uh think th- think like Doc Ock arms from Spider Man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh just reaching out. They'll be fluffy, though. They'll be nice and padded, but uh, right. still just reaching out to grab you <laughs> and hold you in place so you don't move. We'll have to design that at some point. But Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, it, I was considering this long enough that I was actually looking for prices of massage tables on Amazon because I was tempted enough to buy one because <laughs> it was so comfortable. Really? Or to have your wow. head face down. Like, you were going to buy, like, oh, man. And then you have to, like, <laughs> it's amazing. I think that's hilarious. It's not as expensive as you think, which is why I was tempted, but. Okay, okay. Well, see, my thinking is that you could probably just pull the covers off and re- retrofit them with some mattress covers. Right. Some mattress pieces, some foam pieces, like some, uh, you could get those, uh, 
I assume you could cut up like a, I don't know, like a Tempur-Pedic mattress or something. And <laughs> it's true. Get some covers on it, and bam, you got yourself a a bed, kind of? Kind of a bed. <laughs> a nap station is what I would call it. A nap station, yes. <laughs> and you could, well, see, and then you could lean it up against the wall, so you don't even have to, like, lay down. You just, like... Right. You just like kind of fall forward into it. You just kind of rest <laughs> your whole body forward into it. And then it's, it's low footprint. It's a great place to nap. You could have them in like universities and stuff and, and, <laughs> and just around like at work where you just have like, they just pull out of the wall and then you just lay on them and you're just like, eh, sleeping. The student union building's full of them, but they only go to like a 30 degree angle because they don't want them to take too much space. So you're like, Holding up yeah. your weight by your chin in the mattress pillow thing. <laughs> in the hole. No, there'd be there'd be an adjustable foot platform so your feet could take the weight still, I think. <laughs> your chin is holding you up. It's like Yeah, the mattress will just grab you by your neck and just hold you there. <laughs> That's a great idea. Nice fluffy arms just wrapping around your neck and holding you up. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's what all the benches are at the student union buildings anyways. There's just that's trap stations for college students. <laughs> so just make it more efficient. Just make a big wall where people just lay into the wall. <laughs> that's true. I, that That's a good point because that is what they are for as far as I'm concerned. That's, oh, David, you're a genius. We're geniuses. This is the way. <laughs> this is the future. This is definitely a problem well solved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then it'll it'll improve the general intelligence of the populace because they'll be getting extra naps in. Naps are good for you, right? Like, bam, yeah. more naps, <laughs> more intelligence, better society. That's that's how this goes. I'm pretty sure that's how this goes. <laughs> the only way that this is a downside is that if this happens and everywhere these nap stations are, you'll just see rows of like people's backsides. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just laying face forward into the, the massage table that is true that is a, a shortcoming that i hadn't thought of maybe there can be like a like a like a curtain blanket like like that like you know like the window shades that like automatically can rise and lower like you just put a blanket on one of those and so it just like and then and then it extends out over the person so it goes out to the to the where your feet are and it drops the blanket all the way down to your feet and then it pulls the head back in so it covers your whole body (laughs) with a blanket and then it'll only be like something out of a horror film like then it's only just kind of terrifying i was thinking just like a box that you kind of sit in but even then there's just kind of heads sticking out of the boxes which is still kind of weird i don't think there's any way you can do it that won't make it look kind of weird and creepy if you think about it right <laughs> that's fair that's that's, no, that's fair i mean you could also like uh you, you could put them like uh what's that one place one of those high towers with with the the glass that that leans out over the place so you can like you can like see it so then so the, but then you have you have to make it a one-way mirror because because okay because hear me out because you don't want the people who are napping looking down but then you can like (laughs) and then you can walk down the hallways and look up and see the sleeping faces of hundreds of college students peering down at you you just made this a hundred times worse (laughs) 
no, it'll be fun. It'll be <laughs> even with the one way mirror. I, I don't know. Just the image of hundreds staring down upon uh-huh, yeah. the campus <laughs> as they're asleep. But they're sli- right. They're sleeping, so they're kind of like they're kind of like statues. Like they just they're they're not awake, so it's okay. Like it's not so weird. <laughs> And they can't actually see you. I I can't help but think of like some creepy metaphor of like those that have passed because they couldn't succeed. Oh, Obviously, they're not dead, but it, it doesn't change what it looks like. Just <laughs> all these right. bodies well, well, <laughs> facing out towards the campus, <laughs> right? So you put right no no. So see, this works because then you put them at the entrances of the universities and of the workplaces, <laughs> and it's like a. Like a like a communication to the people who enter here. It's like we will suck your y- your energy out of you. Like that's our job here. This is what you will pay to come here. Is that you will have to sleep in one of these beds because you need a nap. <laughs> we will suck your life force from you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then everyone's get a little. Then our communication gets a little bit better. And life goes on as normal. Plus, plus, okay, honestly, then we'd have a couple more <laughs> horror films that that would be, you know, we'd we'd be able to have more creative ideas for some more <laughs> thrilling movies. That's what I, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> wow, well, I will say I never expected the podcast to get this dark. <laughs> From, a, from an idea about massage, this is not what I was expecting. I did not want to go this way. My, <laughs> we have to explore every facet, David. We have to explore it all. We are pioneers in solving problems. That's we have to <laughs> we have to solve all the problems, and this this is just but another solution. Oh man. But... <laughs> Okay, I I need a breather for a second. Right, right. <laughs> it's understandable. Anyways. After the after the nightmare, the nightmarish dystopian future that I've taken you through. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. Well, going back to the original problem of massages. Mm-hmm. Now that we've determined that massage tables are perfect slash will lead to a dystopian society, that's mm-hmm. the inevitable right, right. route. That's, that's where we're going, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the original problem of why massages have this weird ambiance and relaxation stuff with it, right? Okay, okay. Is there a solution? Is there a way to separate massages from the external stuff they try to do to get you to relax hmm. or is that just a, hmm. a permanent entanglement of phenomenon nothing is permanent we can we can find a solution let me think let me think let me think i mean i mean we could forcibly separate them and <laughs> and you know that's usually the route we go <laughs> Bending people to our will. No, no, we don't ever, David. Come on, we don't ever do that. That's not; those are not the solutions we impose on people. I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, practical solution. They sh- they should ask, and be like, "Hey, what kind of what kind of music do you want to listen to?" Right. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what questions to ask. I've never been to a massage. I'm not a good person to ask about this. <laughs> no, no. They should ask about how, what kind of environment you, you're feeling. And then and then they should tailor the environment to that, you know? So, like, mm. you don't find the standard relaxation music soothing. Like, bam, we can get some 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 death metal or some heavy <laughs> electronic music. Like, we, we can do that. We can play those. And, and they just have, like, a good playlist of 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 whatever your music tastes are okay so then you can so that that takes care of music okay well, what they should do is when you sign up for the appointment you actually designate a youtube playlist that you want them to play oh. during your massage oh that's a good idea and then you just have check boxes that you just check or uncheck do you want this do you want that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i they like go. how this is going Okay, yeah, yeah. One problem is most massage places need to update their websites because the one I went to, I still oh. had to pay with a check <laughs> when I was what? done. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. They wouldn't even take your card. Oh, my uh, god. It was cash or check, so. That does my head in a little bit. Um, that is a huge problem. <laughs> They're not... You mean to tell me that a massage therapist are not always the most tech-savvy people? How could you, David? That That is just <laughs> slanderous. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm, I'm sure they haven't really needed to invest in it too much because they actually were taking Venmo. <laughs> that was their new thing. Oh. They would take Venmo. Oh, which yeah. Was interesting. Okay. Anyways, See, so. there, there goes Venmo solving problems that uh, is perfect. It's great. <laughs> they solved that problem. Okay, sweet. So, no, but yeah, there should be like a customizable settings. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> that's a great idea. I mean, that's what I do for my burgers at some burger joints. Like, you just like, what kind of burger do you want? And it's like, well, I want the best burger. And they're like, well, what is the best burger? And you're like, well, it has check this and check that and check this. And it's like, that's what the best burger is. And they're like, great, we'll make you the best burger. And then they make it. And right. and so then you, you do the same thing with the massage. Like, you show up and they're like, great, what what is the best massage for you? And you're like... I need you <laughs> to, to do nothing. I need it. I need I need only your elbow in my back. <laughs> this is the only thing I need. <laughs> like, I just need you to destroy all the tension inside of me. Right. Like, do it. Do it now. <laughs> That's what I need. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because like during the massage, the masseuse was like, "Do you want me to keep doing your back?" I was like, "Yeah," and. I felt bad because at one point she wanted to keep moving on to other parts. And I'm like, no, keep doing the back, keep doing the back. And then eventually I like the back. stopped telling her to do it. So she would move on to other parts. But I was like, I would have oh, been man. happy if you just did the back the entire <laughs> time. Just focus on my back. Right. Right. You can, you have like one of those little slider bars where you like change the percentage and right. it adjusts it for all other slides. So you're like, I need a hundred percent back today. Like that's what I need. Right. Or, my arms are killing me. Do my arms entirely. Or... Right. Give me a 50-50 arms and back. Or, or, oh, my feet are feeling it too. Like, ah, give me a 30-30-30 split. Like, mm, I like that. Okay. You got the, the different percentages. That makes sense. Then it's customized. And you don't have to talk to somebody. Okay? Right. That, that <laughs> solves the two solutions. Because cause, cause when you have to talk to somebody, there's all this, like, uh, there's all this social uh, all around it. And 
and like, oh, well, what are they feeling, and how does that affect how I'm, what I'm gonna say and do? Because you're like, oh, well, I felt bad, and so I just let her, you know, do her massage system. And it was like, well, but you shouldn't have had to feel bad because it should have been a computer that you told, because right. the computer doesn't <laughs> care, and then the the employee won't care when they just read it off the computer. Solutions, David. Solutions. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know what my personal solution would have been, though. Hmm. This is what, this is mostly just because I have a bad back and it's really hard <laughs> to get you know to relax. My my masseuse was like really scrawny, for lack of a better word. Oh, like yeah. She did a. She was fine, but like I could tell when she was trying to do my back, like she was putting all of her weight into it. You know, like. Right, she was probably right. 120 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking her to try and get as much force into my back as possible. Right, right, right. So I think what the real solution is is that every mas- massage place has to employ at least like one <laughs> lumberjack, massive, burly man, full beard, <laughs> and he just does the the. <laughs> No, no nonsense massages. Like, right, right. Do you do you want a regular massage that's nice and relaxing, or do you want the lumberjack massage where this man <laughs> will just pound your back with his fists <laughs> until right. until your He's, body he's... has to give up and relax to, in order to survive the beating? <laughs> relax or die. <laughs> I love it. He would smell of cedar. Oh, it would be beautiful. <laughs> Like a fresh cut two by four, and, and... He even like carries an axe with him, like over his shoulder, <laughs> just for like the the visual aesthetic, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, he'd probably have like a log that he would sit on. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> he have an axe over one shoulder and a log over under the other arm, and he just sets the log down, and just like one hand with like just one hand just applies like <laughs> immense force to where you just crumble under the weight and the force. That there's, there's no talk, you know. If you say no anything, talk. he just glares at you. <laughs> he he strictly follows that online guide that you gave when you submitted your request. Right, right, right. No right. talking. No well, <laughs> no well, pleasantries. Well, see, if you checked the no talking box, he would not talk. But then if you checked the pleasantries box, oh, the most pleasant man in the world would be there. True. That's fair. That's fair. See, see, see. No, but I got he'll, you. He'll tell you just stories of his days in the forest and is, his amazing ventures. That's not my style, but I could see someone wanting to do that. Exactly, exactly. No silence for me as well. I, 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 I am a, I am a kindred spirit with yours, and that yes, please don't talk to me. It, it, it defaults to the no talking, but you can put it on the pleasant right, trees right. if you want. Right, right, right. This is okay. Yeah, solution check. We got that solution. <laughs> that solves the problem of not having enough mass in your uh, <laughs> in your massage therapist. <laughs> it's perfect. Dang! Now I really, wa- I really want to get a massage from a lumberjack. Now, now that you said that, <laughs> uh, I knew a guy who was kind of a lumberjack, and he was pretty big. He was like a he had tattoos, and he was, he was a big, broad, tough guy. He was really cool. He was a cool guy. What was his name? Tom. Okay. 
I'm glad you knew a lumberjack. That's all. I just, you just, I just (laughs) don't feel like I know many lumberjacks being from the city, you know? (laughs) Right. Well, if you can get Tom to give me a massage at some point, I would really appreciate it. (laughs) Got it. Got it. I'll, I'll reach out to him. See if, uh, see if I can get him to do something. (laughs) That wouldn't be a weird call at all. Hey, Tom. No, no, I haven't it, talked to you in like five years, years but uh, yeah. any chance you have been to massage school lately? <laughs> Interesting times were had by all, I think. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I, okay. I'm satisfied. I feel like that okay. would be the okay. solution for a better world. Check boxes and lumberjacks. <laughs> Honestly, that that sounds like a solution to many problems that I have in my life. <laughs> That's the solution. All right. I think it's t- finally time okay. for you to analyze my emoji list. Okay. 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 So listeners okay. may recall, last episode we spent quite a bit of time um, quite a bit. talking about how to rank emojis properly. And Aaron now is looking at my version three based on what we discussed last time. So Aaron, go ahead and open that up and describe what you are seeing. All right. All right. I got my spinny loady circle going. Usually it doesn't spin a spinny circle that long. I have not prepared a version three yet. I hadn't, I had no revolutionary ideas as of last time. So my version two still stands as, as version two. It was just loading indefinitely, but now it's here. It's now it's here. Okay. So what are you seeing? All right. So I am seeing, I am seeing a pyramid. Okay. I'm going to describe it like a pyramid. It's, it's more like a, a, a graph. I feel I feel like there's some like a, this is a this is a shape of a technical kind of graph, but I don't know. But it kind of looks like a pyramid, and it's got five tiered sections, and at the very top, the mighty sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> and off to the side, in a pentagon outside of so so all the emoji are placed on this pyramid, except for except for one of them is on the outside surrounded by a pentagon is the 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 happy poopy face the poop emoji emoji. the poop emoji yes and it's there by itself quarantined in a pentagon which is where (laughs) it belongs (laughs) i like okay 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 um what else i think i really like what you've done so so in our first uh, this is really hard for me to describe in my head it's like a topographical map so you've got latitudinal lines lines and longitudinal lines okay and they all extend the way i would describe it is basically it looks like a 3d pyramid yeah so the closer you go towards the top the closer the points get and um, the narrower it gets so it's kind of projecting a 3d pyramid into 2d space right okay 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 that was more technical than it was supposed to be. But hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't know how to describe it without getting technical. I'm like, yes, there are five well there's there's the pyramid shape and within the pyramid shape there are three longitudinal lines and there are 
four latitudinal lines that break the pyramid into 20 sections. Don't worry, folks. This will be on the show notes if you're really confused what we're saying here. <laughs> Just look at the pictures. So, so I'm really, okay, I'm really liking this, okay? I'm really, you've done something very good here. This is very good, okay? Because, because what you've given me is basically a graph, okay, where all the things all connect at the mighty sledgehammer, but extending down from the sledgehammer we have these lines that in my head represent or these sections that in my head represent like different good aspects and then and then the horizontal and then the horizontal sections as you go down represent as you do as you go down and out they represent like more terrible things and as you come back to the center they represent oh like more base mundane oh this is good i like this i like this a lot <laughs> i really i you people have to look at this because this really is the best version that we've come up with so far david has done something really special here i I love it i love it so so at the very top you get the sledgehammer and then just below the sledgehammer in the first section is the party parrot and then in the next section below starting from left going to right you've got panda ice cream roller coasters top hat and the uh, hexagon the next section left to right is a campfire and water and a present and sunshine and sleep uh, a bed i mean and the next section is a filing cabinet and the dumb duck and then the last <laughs> the base section on the very left hand side is a throwing up face and then in the center is a rain cloud and off to the side is a meatloaf and off to the very right hand is a pencil. What were you going for with the pencil? I think I was going for like writing things by hand. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think agree. that's what my mentality was. <laughs> no, I really like, I really like this. Okay. I really like it. Can you, I want you to describe, explain, explain yourself a little bit. Cause I think I understand, but I want, I want to hear your explanation of it. Okay. So the thing that stuck out, it's kind of a continuation of what I did last time with the different columns. Yeah. But as you noted, they had specific descriptions of, you know, this represents, you know, fun things and this represents classy things or whatever. I gave like mm -hmm. English descriptions at the top. And you had mentioned that you didn't like the fact that it was, it was narrowed to some kind of column. Right. Right. And that the emojis were kind of fixed to that. Right. And so I thought, well, how can I do that without making these columns? And so this projection of this pyramid came to mind that oh. as I go up the pyramid, mm -hmm. the and the kind of the note the way to think about it is the more amazing things get, the more they converge to the mighty sledgehammer, right? To the mighty sledgehammer. The the, the more amazing, the more similar you end up being. Right? Uh -huh. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. But there's many diverse ways to be awful right and so it kind of gets yeah, okay. wider the further you get down um but the whole point was to represent both levels mm -hmm. of worst to best while simultaneously representing paths or sections or differences in when you would use one moji versus the other okay okay and so my hope would be is <laughs> the goal would be to have some kind of continuum that i'm trying to represent here levels make sense pretty much to everyone right that yeah you know this is worse and this is better but the whole 
left to right is still up to debate. What does it mean to be the furthest left on the pyramid versus the furthest right on the pyramid versus the center? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I got, I got you. It's like, it's like we need to, I feel like it's not quite pinned down in this version, but it's like, it, it can get there where it's like, right. Oh, where you've got like a spectrum of, like bottom left is different than the bottom right, but why? Right. What? And oh. So my my this is how I kind of described it when I first made it mm-hmm. to myself was like right was kind of more job and professional right. type things, right? So the very right is all like work based. You go a little bit to the left, it's more like formal things or when you're in a certain setting. Right with like the top hat. Okay, yeah. Then you start to get to more fun things and maybe like relaxation and free time mm-hmm. type thing over to like really calm stuff like the panda. Yeah. Like at the very far left, you have fun things, but also just very relaxing things and very calm things. So like the center is, you know, the most exciting and then the other, the left and the right are fun relaxing and calm and work relaxing calm type things anyway so that's kind of how i visualize the spectrum but there's other ways you could potentially design that i could see that could work no i just this is this is really good this is this solves the problems that i had with yours while slowly getting closer to what my eventuality was of a (laughs) a string (laughs) A single line with all the emoji on it, and then the sledgehammer <laughs> above all. Right, like <laughs> two levels: sledgehammer, everything else. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I appreciate like water's place on this graph. It doesn't make me angry because it's you know it's in the center, but it's off to the off to the uh, left. It's off to the left slightly, but it's like it's still mostly center. And like the rain cloud, I feel like it's like this is where it belongs. It's the bottom. But it's still centered. It's still on that center line, which 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 gives it that that like ah, it's 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 still a, it still sheds a positive light onto it. Right. It's in the same same category as roller coasters because if it was raining, then you can't go on a roller coaster. That'd ruin your day, right? So right, right, it, right. It's clear. It's it's clear. It's denoting that's part of that part of the spectrum when you're referencing it. Right. Right. It it. it your graph this is such a good you did so good david it communicates so much clearly i I love it like i just i love it folks you gotta you gotta go to the show notes and see this given aaron's excitement about it because apparently i did a really good job so go to the show notes it it got rid of the words because now because i do feel that this communicates kind of what the words were trying to communicate and the and the sections were in yours your version too like i feel like it it does that automatically right like especially given what we've if you've listened to the podcast and listened to what we've talked about like it, it communicates those things just just automatically i i understand that you're like yes of course this is where meatloaf goes and yes of course this is where the party parrot goes and this is where the sun goes and this is where the the poop emoji goes, and this is where the throw up goes. Like it just it, it's it feels so natural. Yep, it just feels so natural. I love it. I love it so right. much. <laughs> oh, good. And it's expandable to the point of every emoji could be on this graph. Like right. every single one could. 
you could make just an HTML5 website that infinitely expands, basically, and then mm-hmm. you can put every emoji you want in that. Exactly, exactly. But you don't have to. Right. When you give a rating and you give a very particular emoji, that person can look up exactly where that is on this graph <laughs> and know exactly what you mean. <laughs> right, right. Because everyone knows the spectrum by that point and what it kind of represents not without any words or anything, but just everyone has learned mm-hmm. empirically from seeing everything else on the list, what they all kind of flow along with, with each other. Right, right, right. It's just, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. The one eventuality I see is if, if I was to superimpose all things onto this, onto this graph, if I was to start placing things, I would want intersection emoji to be like the biggest, baddest emoji, like the ones that are like, like our original emoji, like all these, all mm. these ones that we've picked, I kind of feel like they should each go on their own intersection. Mm, okay, so you're saying have like landmark emojis, reference mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. emojis. So you can use any emoji, but th- they can all be categorized. But categorizing them on the graph is just a, a a relative position to where they are, considering the ones around them on the intersection. The intersection emoji are the the key emoji that that communicate most clearly exactly where you are on the graph Hmm. okay yeah i like that they act as landmarks or reference points so that's that's a that's a possible i see possible manipulation that we could add i don't know if it would help but well well that's a good way to also kind of open source this is because obviously we don't have time well (laughs) maybe you do want to do this but we don't have time to (laughs) go through every emoji right (laughs) We have a lifetime, David, a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Once we establish these landmark emojis, these reference points emojis, then we can leave it to the rest of the world to debate the inner emojis between those right. and the exact placement. But it'll be very clear. It won't get too strayed because everyone will know exactly which reference point emojis they're going towards. Right, right. And then it slowly will just build into this intricate web of emojis that everyone has agreed upon it's yes it's perfect (laughs) this is the perfect solution david we did it i thought it was gonna take (laughs) us a lot more versions than this i'm happy with this i'm ready to scrap my other list and just go with this guy this guy's like i'm ready to start developing this list wow that's impressive It's it's like when you see something that's obviously better you're like i know this is better so why don't we just go with it because it's just it's just perfect. I just oh, I'm so excited. Oh, oh good. But you would agree that we can still we can still play around a little bit with the spectrum itself and yeah, relative yeah. positioning. But the structure makes sense in your mind. Yeah, because a line like a like a one through ten felt wrong, and also separate categories all felt wrong. Right. But this, this this scale this 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 framework this graph that you've given me is. It's the solution. It fixes the problems <laughs> that I had. I love it. <laughs> oh, good. No problems here. My only worry is this. When I thought you were in trouble for two at a time comparison with emojis, mm-hmm. I've just opened this up to you for four-way comparisons in each cardinal direction. <laughs> <laughs> so not, now not only are you comparing levels, you're also comparing... They're like relative characteristics to each other. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. 
This might become yeah. intractable in time for you, but just I, yeah. please continue to communicate with the outside world <laughs> while you're in this process. So I know that you're alive. <laughs> yes, you've you've greatly expanded my flexibility with this graph, and so I, I feel I feel like some of them are obvious, but then others, I'm like, oh no, this is where will they go? <laughs> Who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> Oh dear. This could open infinite permutations that <laughs> you will try inside your mind. I apologize Indeed. now. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Again, <laughs> I've got a lifetime to figure this out. Cuz you know, what what else are you going to do at work, right? Is other than just exactly. compare side by side every emoji <laughs> on this graph now. <laughs> And begin the process of ranking every other one on the graph somewhere. <laughs> oh, dude, I just gotta, I just gotta get some coordinates, some numbers on there for some, some coordinates, and then like every emoji can have a coordinate. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. They'd be radial coordinates, wouldn't they? Oh yes. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have a, I'd have a, a degree and then a, an outset from the, the mighty sledgehammer. Well, I'll see you in a couple of months then, I guess. <laughs> Talk to you then. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Sounds like a plan.